This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. Hello and welcome to Hawkside Guns. And uh, this is a relatively special cast because we actually had somebody request it. <laughs> we did, didn't we? We did. We had somebody request the uh, at least part of the content that is going to be on the show. Actually, it's a fairly common request. Uh, Erasmus, who who generously listens to the show, sent me a private message. It said, Sean, could you talk about chokes on Hawkeye? I don't understand how they work. And wouldn't a slug have problems? And I'll admit, you answered this for me a while back myself, because I had bought my first shotgun with a choke that I wanted to put slugs through and went, ooh, would this be a bad idea? This is a fairly common question about shotguns, and one of the things that is unique to them, right? Like, you don't have this in any other type of firearm, It only in shotguns. Well, I mean, quite, quite frankly, if you put a, which is what those of us who are used to rifles and pistols worries us when you start talking about chokes with shotguns is if you were to put a choke into a rifle or pistol bad things would happen yeah yeah the barrel would explode or it'd blow up in your face right so or both this is a fairly interesting part of shotguns and really all a choke is is if you think about it this way if uh you put your thumb over a hose and it comes out in a tighter pattern, that's all chokes are, right? They constrict or choke the opening uh, at the end of the barrel and uh, make the pattern of shot tighter so it, generally speaking, holds a pattern for longer downrange, right? Now, let me let me interject something just because, you know, we know how some people in this world are. We'd hope that none of them would be listening to this cast, but... We're just going to take it, take it, make sure we put out a warning here. We are not suggesting that if your shotgun does not have a choke, that you put your thumb in front of the barrel. Yes, there are, in fact, dumbass people <laughs> who would do that. But, yeah, no, it, that's all it is, though. It's, it's just a constricting of the opening at the end that is kind of tapered out to the end. Uh, normal modern chokes is about three to four inches of the end of the barrel are choked and uh, restrict the pattern that comes out of the barrel. And you're talking about a difference between an optimum pattern of a 40-inch spread at 25 yards at cylinder bore, which is basically the the circumference of the end of the barrel is the exact same as the chamber size, or uh, out to full, in some cases more than full, 40-inch spread at 40 yards. So... That's really kind of the difference between if uh, the more choked the barrel or constricted the barrel opening is at the end, the longer the shot pattern will maintain at a distance. So at a full choke, you're talking with a 12 gauge shotgun, you're talking 40 yards with no choke at all, just kind of cylinder all the way down. You're talking 25 yards, right? Which makes a big difference depending on what you're shooting at. Um, A... Like if you're shooting a, a duck or goose or something like that that are normally flying higher at higher distances, you want a pattern that's tighter further out because they're flying higher than you would normally do something like dove or quail. And, and one single pellet is probably not going to take out the duck. 
Well, not unless you're extremely lucky. Uh, with especially with birdshot, yeah, you probably want a, a, a several to to make sure that you get a a lethal pattern. Now, if you take that away from hunting and you put it on something like sporting clays, uh, one pellet can break a clay. It's better if you have more than one though. <laughs> Because sometimes it'll just chip it, or it'll dust off of it, or something like that, and, and it won't and, ha- and how many times have you been arguing with Moana over whether or not that really actually hit something, or if it just was some dust in the air? Yeah, exactly. And unless parts visibly fall off of it, it doesn't count as a break. So one BB, depending on the size of the, the pellet or the BB, may not do it you may even like we've picked up clays and this is a fine example we've picked up clays that have a tiny little bb hole right through the center of them and nothing else it's just a little bitty pinhole through it you hit it with a bb but it wasn't enough to break the clay therefore it didn't count so there's always a a debate among sportsmen and hunters and stuff what the right size is for the shot you're shooting and what distance that is and what kind of choke you're going to put in your shotgun and and what you're hunting versus what range it is and there's this whole great debate i liken it to if if you'll forgive the analogy to car guys debating the differences between a big block and a small block engine right well i i would assume that very similar to the debate of big block versus small block comes down to who won the race um the issue as to which choke and to which barrel length is going to do what you want it to is going to basically come down into can you hit the target that's basically if you can hit the target you're using the correct one i don't care which one it is yeah and if you're if it's producing the effect you want then yeah it works right if it's not the problem is it could be you or it could be how you set up the gun Right. Or the ammunition that you're using. I I would suggest under most circumstances that as much as most of us would like to blame the setup or the ammunition, that most of the time in which you're not hitting something, it's you. Oh, and that is the annoying part about it. Yes, it is. Uh, Give you an example. Uh, My father and I went out and shot uh, this, uh, I guess, as this is recorded yesterday. Yesterday morning, it was actually a relatively nice morning. It was about 69 degrees when we got out there. It was beautiful, kind of shady. And uh, shady as in, like, the sun was behind trees and we had shade, not we were doing nefarious things. But Depends on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> for the for those same people who were like, what shady shit were you doing, John? It's just, just shady. Um, but it was nice and everything, and we had brought several shotguns to shoot with, and uh, several people came out with us. And one of our favorite guns to bring out there to plink with and, and shoot sporting clays with is uh, my father's Henry single action or a single shot break open 410, with a, uh, which we have put a full choke in. Okay, now have you put slugs in it yet? No, we do not fire slugs through the Henry because we're just doing sporting clays, and okay. it but, would be very that, difficult to shoot clays with a slug. You could do it, that, technically, but... But that is part of the question. Can you put a slug down a choked barrel? Yes, and we'll get to that in a second. Oh, okay, I didn't realize I was preempting. What we were doing was, uh, just to get the point across that it doesn't matter, um, we were shooting sporting clays at a distance of 35 yards 
or at least the the connection between the shot and the clays was was occurring at about 35 yards as we uh, measured it uh, with a 410 shotgun shooting two and three quarter inch shells with number seven and a half birdshot in them. Uh, that is considered expert level shooting uh, amongst the sporting clay community. And we were breaking them. And you can do it, right? You could do it, like load it with the right shell and the right choke. And under 40 to 50 yards, you can hit anything with any kind of shotgun. It really doesn't matter, right? Now, uh, there's all kinds of stuff and all kinds of things that we could go over. And I could spend an entire cast telling you about how to hit sporting clays and what you should use out of what gun and what ammunition and what size pellet and all that kind of thing. But that's not really where we're going this time out. However, no, you're going to have more fun coming down there with me uh, and having no clue what the answer to any of those questions are, <laughs> not being able to hit anything and having a good laugh. No, 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 no. no. We we normally try and make pe- make it as easy for people because I love when people get excited about shooting sporting clays because it's super fun. It's the the most fun with my clothes on I have is is shooting <laughs> at these at these sporting clays. I love doing it. I love taking taking a shotgun out and just busting clays. You know, it's different. Like people say, oh yeah, you you love hunting. I said, no, I love shooting. Right, hunting you may fire the gun three to five, maybe ten times a day. Right, you could go outside hunting with a pocket full of shells and come back with shells left over. That's not shooting. Right, that's hunting. There's a difference. Right, hunting you're stalking an animal or trying to kill. The object is to kill an animal. Shooting, the object is to run ammunition through the gun. Right. I like that part of it. The hunting thing, there's like responsibility and conservationists and cleaning animals and work and like being quiet the whole time. That's not what I'm into. And if you're into that, I'm fine. And I always say this because there's always going to be somebody who's like, Sean hates hunters. No, I don't. I'm just lazy. Right. And we go out and we love to laugh and you know, make fun of each other and, and be loud. And, and like, we're the worst. I mean, we would be the worst hunting party ever. We just like to have fun. And I think that's largely lost. Anyway, with the question on slugs, let me go over this. There are several different levels of choke. Uh, cylinder bore or CB is, or cylinder as it may be marked on your barrel and or choke is literally what it sounds like. It is the, the size, the same size at the back of the chamber as it is at the front of the barrel. It had, provides no choke and no compression of the pattern. And you're looking at a 40-inch spread at 25 yards. That's about as good as shotguns do, right, as far as a spread goes. Now, it shortens the length of that spread, and it becomes increasingly sporadic after that. But um, that's the bottom end. Okay, cylinder bore is the no amount of choke. The next thing, the next, uh, at least if you're in America, Europeans do it a little differently, but in America or the U.S., uh, the next step up from that is called improved cylinder or an improved cylinder choke or an IC choke. That compresses it a little bit, and you'll normally get a 40-inch pattern at 30 yards, so you get an extra 5 yards from an improved cylinder. The next one down is called modified and at 40 inch spread at 35 yards. So you get another five. You can see kind of how this is progressing, right? And the next one is full. A full choke will give you a 40 inch spread 
from 40 yard, or 40 yards out. That's that's all it's doing, right? It's just compressing the pattern a little bit so it goes a little bit further and makes the pattern a little bit more manageable further out. That's all now, choke does. Correct me if I'm wrong. Most of the shotguns I've seen, though a lot of times will come with a set of interchangeable chokes, what I find most common is in them, and whether it came with interchangeable chokes or just came with what's in it, is usually a full. Is that correct? Well, uh, it depends. Um, a lot of times you will see, if it has now many, if not most, uh, modern shotguns that are not specifically defense guns, that don't come with an 18-inch barrel, if they're a bird gun or a hunting gun or a sporting gun, will normally come with an interchangeable choke system. The interchangeable chokes, you will get three chokes normally. Sometimes not, but normally you will get three chokes. And those three chokes are the IC, so improved cylinder, the modified, and the full. Sometimes if you only get one, it will indeed come with either a modified or a full choke. Modified in the U.S. is considered doable for almost everything. You can get a modified choke to do pretty much whatever you want to do. If you want to shoot clays, you can shoot clays. If you want to shoot, you want to go hunting, it'll do hunting. If you want to do sporting, it'll do sport. You know, it'll it'll do whatever. Right? Modified is probably the all-around choice because it's kind of in the middle. Um, a full choke is almost universally used for hunting birds because you want as much range as you can possibly get. So a full choke is what most hunters of like dove or, um, you know, duck or goose or something like that. You see a big goose gun, it's got a full choke in it. Now, for um, for defense guns, that's not necessarily the same kind of thing. Uh, most in, uh, they call them barrel chokes where it's not an interchangeable choke. It's not a screw in choke, right? It's a, it's a barrel choke. It's been drilled so that it has a, a set choke in it. Most of those barrels you will find are either modified or full. Full is the preference because that means you can do any kind of, of upland game with it. Uh, okay. as, as far as shotgun hunting goes, that's the preferred, oh, it's full. That's fine. I can go hunting with this, right? If it's modified, um, a lot of the the duck and goose guys are out, right? If it's got a barrel choke and it's a modified, uh, there are a significant portion of hunters in this country who will say, I can't get the range with this I need. I want a full. And they will uh, overlook that gun or not buy that gun because they, 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 they don't think it has enough range. And a lot of times they're right. If it's especially if it's geese, uh, a modified choke may not get whatever type of pellet you're you're using in a pattern in an effective pattern high enough to hit a goose. So a full choke is preferable when you're talking about ranged and birds and upland game and stuff like that. Okay, now I've messed up the concept of slugs by getting it too early and then cutting you off and putting you in another direction. So finally, what about slugs? Okay. Slugs are, uh, whereas uh, shot in all its various forms, bird shot and buckshot, buckshot being exactly what it sounds like. It's made to shoot deer, bucks, uh, so it's much bigger and there's much less of them. And bird shot, which is many small pellets, uh, 
of smaller size, but you get a lot more of them. Both of those are shot, so you get many pellets coming out the barrel, and they're choked. The pattern is choked by the choke. Now, shotguns are made to do that, hence the name, shotguns. The other thing they're made to fire is slugs. Slug is exactly what it sounds like. It is one single projectile. Instead of many projectiles, it is one single projectile coming out the barrel. And they shotguns have been used with slugs for many reasons. Most of those reasons are larger game, right? Uh, you've heard the term deer slug before. Same difference, right? Instead of a buckshot or something like that, a deer slug, whereas buckshot may go... 40 to 45 yards a deer slug in either 20 or 12 gauge will go 100 yards now some people say 120 i don't personally know i've never really tried to shoot a deer at that range i live in texas brunch country both deer that i have ever culled or harvested have been under 50 yards one of them was closer to 35 so I, I don't know about the efficacy over 100 yards, but I know that they are rated, generally speaking, deer slugs are rated to about 100 yards with about a 4-inch drop. Now, knowing that information and knowing that one single projectile is coming out the gun, there are two types of slugs. There are rifled slugs and sabo slugs. They are exactly what they sound like. The rifled slug is literally a slug that has rifling on it, and it is made to fire out of a smooth bore barrel. So like your standard shotgun barrel that has no, if you look down at it, it has no rifling. That means that the rifling is actually on the slug, and as it goes down the barrel, it kind of conforms and produces a spin on it. Not as much as a rifle would do, but, but enough that it, that it helps with the trajectory and accuracy. Uh, that's made to fire out of a smooth bore gun. A rifled slug is made to fire out of a smooth bore gun. I know that sounds kind of weird, but that's kind of how it is. A sabo slug is exactly what it sounds like. It is a slug that has no rifling, and the sabo uh, is made to go into a rifled barrel. So you have shotguns that actually have rifled barrels. And they're normally 20 to 22 inches. Sometimes you'll get them at 18. And... Those are deer hunting shotguns, basically, and they have a rifled barrel, and they're made to shoot sabo slugs, and those slugs are normally coming out of there at a pretty good clip uh, because of the rifling, and then the sabo, which acts as basically the wad, uh, is separated from the bullet or from the projectile outside the muzzle, and the projectile goes about its way. Uh, those are the two types of slugs. Now, the sabo slug being fired out of a rifled barrel meant for that very thing won't have a, a choke on it, right? Because it's made to fire those sable slugs. It doesn't really do anything else because if you fired regular shot through it, it'd screw up your, your rifling. So that's pretty much all that gun's good for. However, much more common is shooting a rifled slug through a smooth bore barrel. And the first question anybody asks is, is this going to blow my gun up? <laughs> well, I've asked it. I asked you. Yes. And the answer is generally no. Now, here's here's why that is. Uh, ammunition manufacturers know that if you're shooting a rifled slug through a smoothbore shotgun, you are going to have a choke on the end of it 99 times out of 100. So what they've done is they've made the slug so that it deforms uh, when it hits a choke. Now, 
What they also tell you, and it's written here on the box, and I've I grabbed, I, I have many slugs. Uh, I had them before uh, COVID hit and before the ammunition started, so I have many uh, boxes and varieties of slug. But let me take some of the most common, some of the most common that you're going to find. What I have is the Remington Green and Yellow Box uh, Slugger High Velocity 20-gauge slug. This is a 20-gauge, 2 and 3 quarter, 1,800 foot per second, half inch or half ounce weight slug okay now uh, this is a pretty hot slug for a 20 gauge but uh and and this is actually i use this slug to uh in fact this very box i have four of them left i used one shot out of it i took a deer at 35 yards uh with it and a half inch slug moving at 1800 uh foot per second will do just nicely on a doe i I don't care what anybody tells you. I know for a fact it works. Um, but it'll tell you on the box, all right, whether you can use it with a choked barrel or not. Most, I would say 90% of them, they know, they're gonna, they know you're going to use it on a shotgun with a choke, most, most, most likely. Okay, so this is what it says. Um, slugger rifle slugs are designed for optimum performance in smoothbore barrels. Rifled slugs may be fired through any choke. However, improved cylinder provides best results. Now, you'll find that statement pretty, uh, sometimes it'll be modified, sometimes it'll be icy, something, you know, whatever. Um, they'll tell you if you can't use a choke on the box. They'll tell you. Like, uh, don't, this cylinder, <laughs> cylinder bore only, folks. Like, this does not do with a choke. They will say it, and it will be a big warning. Every one of them will tell you what, will produce the best results now these particular slugs they want you to fire it through an ic normally uh, everyone's got an ic choke if you use a modified or full that doesn't mean that your barrel is going to explode generally speaking uh and they'll tell you on the box can be fired through any choke now what you're going to do if you use these slugs on a full choke is not blow up the end of your gun what you're going to do is remove a lot of the power and speed away from it because it's the bullet is or the projectile is deforming and losing its speed and its ballistic power as it leaves the barrel because it's being constricted more than it was intended to be so instead of coming out of there at 1800 it may be only coming out of there at 850 if you're using a full choke which is uh, depending on who you ask pretty fucking useless yeah yeah um yeah maybe largely significant so uh will it work yeah It'll work. Will it stop a person at 10 yards? Well, yeah. Uh, will it hit it? You know, will it stop a deer dead in its tracks at 85 yards? Probably not. So um, look on the box and and match your the, the best results that that you're going to get from this. Match the choke with what it recommends on the box. I normally because I don't like to deal with figuring and, and, and uh, you know, calculating how much I'm reducing the velocity and the ballistic power, I normally, if I'm going to use a slug, throw an IC in, right? If I have the ability, I'll throw an IC in. Or, or if nothing else, actually read the box and actually follow the instructions. Well, that's what I'm saying, you know? Like, like most of the time, it'll tell you, like, use a modified or an IC with this ammunition to get the best results. So do that <laughs> you know 
Will it fire through a full? Unless it says otherwise, normally yes. But consult the, the ammunition box because it'll tell you what it's for, right? It'll tell you how to use it. So can you use a chuck? Yes. Is it safe? Generally speaking, if it says on the box, yeah, uh, it'll fire through any choke. It's it, It'll work. Yes, it will literally, it will literally leave the barrel and not blow up in your face. When they say, and this is the part that I caution people about, all right? When they say it'll it'll work through any choke and you say, well, it says it'll work through a modified, I fired it through a modified, it works fine, I've killed deer, everything's all good, I'll just leave the modified in there. What they don't tell you or an IC or whatever it is, when you're firing slugs through a choke, it puts undue stress on the choke because the choke really kind of wasn't meant for those things. So where you might have gotten 20, 30 years worth of use out of that choke and it would have been just fine and like the trooper it is, you may only get like three years out of it because it may warp, break, crack, whatever your choke. If you fire a bunch of slugs through it, it really, they really, and I know that's not like manufacturers are not going to want to tell you this. Like Carlson is never going to tell you, yeah, our chokes suck. If you fire slugs through them all the time, they're not going to tell you that, but it produces undue wear on the choke. If you're running rifled slugs through them all the time, it really is. It, it does. Can you do it? Yep. Is it fine? Yes, it is. But just know that you're probably going to be replacing that choke in a couple of years if you run a bunch of slugs through it. Now, is 20 to $40 worth of choke going to stop you from doing that? Well, screw it. I'll just get another choke. That's a valid answer. Okay. You know, like what, that's literally what they're for. They're there to, to be interchanged. And you know, if this one's no good anymore, chuck it and go get another one. I don't really see anything wrong with that, but just know that you're putting like you bun, you run a bunch of of rifled slugs through a a change interchangeable choke system, uh, especially the 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 greater the choke is, or the the tighter it constricts it, the more wear you're putting on it is is really. And if you get some of the newer chokes that they're like crazy, like super full and extra full and all that kind of stuff, I all these box modifications and, and warnings and, and sayings are assuming that the greatest thing you're going to put on there is full. If you've got a super extra full dial it down to like a almost nothing type of choke on there, all bets are off. <laughs> right. I'm just saying that right now. I mean, they, people have that all the time. Like I put an extra full on there and then ran a big ass slug through it and it blew up the end of my barrel. And there's fantastic pictures of people who tried to run that stuff through there. And it looks like Swiss cheese, you know, it looks like string cheese. Uh, just been pulled apart and bowed out and exploded and all that stuff. And it's just stuck at the end of the barrel. Yep. That can happen. But generally speaking, if the box says you can run it through any kind of choke, but it run it through improved cylinder to, for the best results, and you run it through an improved cylinder or a modified or whatever the box tells you, you'd be fine. It's just fine. You won't lose any power. You won't lose any of the ballistics. You're not going to blow yourself up. That's, that's pretty much what they're designed to do. They're literally designed to, to run through your gun in the manner in which the box says. So now... Th you know, uh, uh, is there a gun setup out there that's super custom? And I did this, and it's weird, and it's got, you know, like three BBs can fit through it at one time. You know, like, yeah, you're going to have problems. But generally speaking, if it's if it's a normal setup uh, for you British or, or European people, if it's 
you know, they go, they don't go cylinder improved, uh, modified full. They go, um, cylinder quarter half full or something like that. It's, well, it's, yeah, because they're, they're, they're metricizing it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going like, uh, quarter half, three quarter full or something like that. But it's, it's kind of the same difference. But, but generally speaking, follow the instructions on the box. You'll be fine. You can run us like they're made to go through guns with chokes on them because they know you're going to run it through a smoothbore gun with a choke. All of them, unless you cut the end of the barrel off, which I have done, uh, you're going to have a choke. So it's okay. It's okay. Well, well I, I have my own technical question for you today. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, shoot. Yeah, let's hear it. A little bit of lead up to it, though. I did uh, previously get an opportunity to go to the shooting range myself. I finally got a chance to shoot the the PDP, and I was right. The compact is so much nicer than the full size. Uh, just as far as the way that ergonomic grip works, it is. It, it was. It was as far as a polymer firearm goes. It was smooth and it was nice. Love so, it. So I can definitely recommend the PDP as far as I enjoyed it. Um, I was also running my 365 with the Hollow Sun optic on it, trying to zero in the red dot optic. And I just don't have any friggin' luck zeroing in red dot optics <laughs> on pistols. Now, rifles, I'm fine. Pistols, it's just, it's just I'm just having a tough time. Now, the the technical problem is is not how to zero it um, because I in the process I I, I rage quit, um, and but the problem was is I uh, it, and it was also part of why I rage quit is in the process I lost the actual tool for adjusting um, up and down left and right. Um, now that's not really that big of a deal because it can use a very, very small flathead screwdriver and it's no big deal. It's just the fact that I was in a pissed off mood as it was, went fuck this and put the thing back in the bag. When I got home, I was, when I cleaned it, I was still pissed at it. So I pulled the optic off and I put a, just the standard sight plate back onto the firearm. And in the process of doing so, was so pissed that I cranked it on so tightly that I stripped the fuck out of the little itty-bitty bolts that hold the sight plate on. So I can't get them out again. Suggestions? Oh, I hate those. Um, <laughs> well, I'm already admitting that I was pissed off from being an ass, but, you know, yeah. that's I call that Tuesday. <laughs> well, it depends on what you've actually done, really. Uh, if you have, well, well, they're, they're little itty, and I do mean they're tiny little itty bitty hex screws. I don't know the exact dimensions of the, um, thing, but I, my, my standard Allen key didn't even have one small enough for it. I had to go find one special. Um, and in the process of cranking it on, as I said, I, I managed to strip the inside of one of the bolts. Well, yeah, but you're not going to like any of it. Um, <laughs> Well, everything I looked up online about how to get one involved lots of banging, and I did not really think that on a slide that that was a good idea. Oh no, you're going to be banging on it. Uh, oh, but, but um, one thing you can do is um, as best you can. And I've had sort of luck with this before. Um, 
And like I said, it's going to be expensive and you're not going to like it. But uh, one thing I've done, and I have solved this problem once on my own without a gunsmith. Uh, it wasn't a perfect solution, but it is what I managed to come up with. Uh, if it's got a socket on it, so like a hex socket on the inside yeah. of the screw, I got a, uh, a hypodermic needle and a uh, plunger, right? Like a syringe and a hypodermic needle. Yeah. And put the tiniest I could ma- I manage, like the tiniest I could manage of Gorilla Glue down in the socket. And it took like magnification, like I was wearing my hobby hood with like 30 times magnification and put the tiniest amount of Gorilla Glue in there. And then jammed, like took a tack hammer uh, and jammed the tool in it and let it set so that I basically glued the tool to the socket. And if it spills over onto the walls or on the edges or something like that, you just glued the screw to the to the slide. But <laughs> but if you do the tiny, like, like, like I said, hypodermic needle and glue, it, I glued the, the tool into the, to the socket, the cap of the socket, and then took a hammer, a tack hammer, and beat it loose, right? So it was glue. I glued the tool. Now you lose the hex screw and you lose the tool, the, the Allen key to get it out. Yeah. But I did that on either end and it came out. Right. Cause I got, I bought a, uh, a pistol that had that problem and they, they sold it cause they couldn't replace sights on it. Right. Cause they had done the exact well, same thing. Actually, last time I screwed up a pair of sights and couldn't get them back the way I wanted, I convinced myself that I needed a pro clut slide. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's... I'm, tr- I'm trying. I'm trying to avoid going that route this time. Yeah, uh, that's what I did to get it out, uh, and it seemed to work. So I I glued the Allen key in uh, with Gorilla Glue, let it set for a couple of hours, and then came back in. And actually, I didn't use a hammer. I used a uh, a pair of vice grips to kind of get the the thing in there, and then just turn the pair of vice grips carefully. Trying mm-hmm. not to bend the uh, the Allen key, and I heard, a, and then it came out. Um, and it, that was one side. Then I had to do the other side, which is just as bad stripped, and that one didn't work out so good. Uh, and I had to drill it and retap it, which sucked, but it worked. But yeah, I mean, those are the two methods well, that you. The only other option is to sell it, trade it in, and when somebody goes, "How come I can't this site plate off?" Go, I have no clue how that happens. That's so weird. Yeah, I mean, and that's the the thing most people do, right? Like most people just say, "Well, time to trade it," or get a new slide, because uh, uh, they they <laughs> they're done, right? Uh, but if you really need to get it out, that's those are the two methods that I have I have used in the past, and it's that both of them suck. I mean, you're not going to have a good day, but you can get them out. <laughs> Damn uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no easy way. There's no easy way. Um, the other way is, um, and this one doesn't work as much because it's very difficult to get, because it's so small, it's very difficult to make this happen, is to jam one that's slightly, slightly, or file it down. So it's slightly, the, the Allen key down. So it's slightly too big. And then just hammer it into the slot, into the cap, and then turn it. There's all this hammering, and I just don't I, I don't see hammering my slide as being a good idea. Uh, that is what you got to do. Damn it. <laughs> it's, it's either hammer, 
glue or drill it, but some of it's going to involve some hammering. <laughs> okay. Damn it. Now, you're not hammering with a, you know, 23-ounce ball-peen hammer either. <laughs> okay. Oh, you mean you mean my drywall hammer won't work? Yeah, don't don't use that. <laughs> for, for no drywall, no framing, huh? Yeah, you're you're yeah, like I'm saying, your 24-ounce framing hammer, yeah, don't use that. Oh, so so I I need to go out and get one of those little nylon jewelers hammers. That's what I normally start with. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just making sure I was on the right page. Yeah, yeah, that's what you start with. And if that doesn't work, then you you step up from there. You know, um, <laughs> my favorite thing. And there's a there's a meme out there for it. Is uh, uh you know it's it's like uh, it won't come loose. Use a bigger hammer. Then you use a bigger hammer. You know, and then I wasn't asking. And then it's got a, a guy with a big ass, you know, like like torque wrench and everything. And then it's got uh, no, I'm serious. And it's got a half inch breaker bar. And at the end, it's got a guy with a cutting torch. Can't be tight if it's a liquid, you know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's. I'm hoping not to go quite that far. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just. I mean, you're dealing with such a small thing that it's it's. Uh, It'll break long before that. You know, it would be nice if I had a friend who was a gunsmith. Oh, yeah, a lot of people are mentioning <laughs> that now. I get I get a lot of, uh, hey, did you ever do those gunsmithing things? You should do that. I need work done. Like, well, no. You know, well, here, work on my gun anyway. I'm like, I'm not a gunsmith, dude. Oh, I got, I got another one. Um, Speaking of gunsmithing. Oh, uh, so, so uh, which which basically means my third option, which I was hoping you were going to offer but didn't, which was, dude, just ship it down here. I'll take care of it for you. Oh, no, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, it's a, it's a nightmare waiting to happen. And, and you know, like, there's no, you're not going to have a good day. Like, nobody working on this is going to go, oh, yeah, it was so easy. No, it's it's going to suck. <laughs> it's it's going to completely suck. Um. I had uh, the the latest guy who I fixed his Ithaca Model 51. He uh, he sent me this wonderful picture of him uh, in his his catch. He he went dove hunting. He caught uh, many dove, or he 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 called many dove, uh, like like at least like seven or eight. And he was he was very pleased and everything. And then he sent me a picture of his slide that did the exact same thing to him that mine did to me. The weld held, right? The where I welded it in the wake spot where it was broken held it just fine. Popped further down, it it popped, and I'm convinced what's happening is the shock. Now that it is strong in that area, it just travels down the slide to the next most weakest point, which is at the front hook, and cracks. And he didn't shoot his as much as mine. Like mine broke, fell out the bottom of the gun. And I never found it. I just I just found nothing. Right. Well, it- Hey, maybe this is an answer to a future problem. Is is that when you go to repair those things, you don't break just reinforce that. You go ahead and, and fix the end as well. <laughs> just break it off and put a new hook on it. Uh, he sent me this fantastic picture of his. His cracked like I don't know three quarters of the way off the the hook is like fractured three quarters of the way down the hook, right all the way down to to the front. And he's like, yeah, this happened. Isn't this what happened to you? And I responded, yep, if you want, just send it back. I'll reweld it. It's fine. <laughs> mine did the same thing. I know what to do. I'm like, yours actually did better than mine because mine just broke completely off and I never saw it again. Like, it, I don't know how, but it fell out the bottom, like at the bottom of the receiver or where it came out. Maybe it was about the bottom of the floor. I don't know, but I never saw it again, right? Like, it was just missing an ear. 
Um, his cracked like three quarters of the way down, and he's like, "Dude, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, now you're glad you didn't pay me a bunch for it, aren't you? You got to send it right back down here." <laughs> um, good news is, is after we fix that part, it's, I mean, I've I've put a couple hundred rounds through my Ithaca. It's been fine. Uh, that seems to be the end of the troubles with that, you know. As I said, just the answer. You rather than just fixing one piece, you just do the whole thing. Yeah, just time. take a pair of vice grips, just rip that thing off and reweld it. <laughs> there you go. It's it's fixed. Uh, that may be what I do, you know, just to save the postage and the hassle for everybody. But yeah, so apparently he's going to be sending it right back down so I can weld the the le- uh, the right hook on. And, um, you know, that seems to be, I, I understand. I mean, I do. I understand why Ithaca doesn't want anything. The current iteration iteration of that company, which has been bought and put in a bankruptcy once before because of this very issue. Um, I understand why they don't want anything to do with that gun. They don't, they don't support it. They don't acknowledge its existence. They don't do anything with it. And this is why, right? It had largely has, has problems and it's, it would be very expensive to fix these, you know, cause they, they'd have to basically redesign how the inside of that receiver works to fix this. And it would be more than the gun's worth, uh, for sure. If they didn't have an idiot like me going, let's save them. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's, it's a, uh, <laughs> I'd liken it to risky business. He fell in love with a prostitute <laughs> and it's, it's like all downhill, <laughs> right? Like this was a bad idea from the get go. Um, she doesn't love you. (laughs) She's going to leave you. Um, it's, it's just a horrible idea. And I, I love the gun so much that I'm willing to do this for people. Uh, because it's so nice to shoot. It's just so beautiful and it's so, it just lays in your hand and it's so soft. And apparently the, the receiver rail is taking all the shock. (laughs) So much so that it rattles itself apart to save your shoulder. It's taking the hit for me so that I have a pleasant experience, and I, I love the gun for it. Um, so much so I will resurrect mine and others from the dead uh, to, to make sure that these damn zombie Ithacas can, can fire once again. So my my follow-up question to all of this is, and it's something my brother even asked me today, um, what's next? What, for me or for what? Yeah, no, no. For, I mean, let, let's put it this way. Most of you and I spend most of our time coveting a firearm that it is that you're trying to acquire. You're trying to decide what gun you have now to sacrifice to get it. You're trying to decide whether or not you even have to do that. It's it's coming to that time of year that it starts turning into what is my next acquisition, my next white elephant. So, oh. what is it? Uh, well, I, I uh, well, I'll admit it. I want a, I want a Beretta Cheetah. I do. I want it so bad, and I'm willing to trade uh, several weapons I have uh, to get it. Uh, but I can't find one locally. I just can't find one. Um, does, look, it, does it have to be local? Can you order one online? I could, but I wouldn't be able to, like, because I wanted uh, the the perfect way for me would be to take, uh, like, an old shotgun. 
I have an old um, H&R that I could do. And I would sacrifice, even though I like it, I would sacrifice the Security 9 to get a Beretta Cheetah. I can see that. I love the the Beretta 92FS so much, and I think it's such a wonderful gun that in 380, I think it would be the the holy grail of firearms for me. I would sacrifice the Ruger, even though I like the Ruger a lot. I would sacrifice the Ruger and this old HR that I have, H and R that I have, um, to get uh, or significantly discount a Beretta Cheetah. Uh, not of them at the gun shows. Man, I haven't seen. I, I haven't been to a gun show in like a couple of months. <gasps> I know. I haven't been to a gun show. Well, I've had like I've most uh, most of the time like I in shotguns. And this is the really depressing part. I have the shotguns I want. Like, well, it, well, and that's but you see, that's kind of where the conversation goes. Is is what is next? What what next holds you? I've kind of gotten a little bit back into. Uh, wanting pistols and looking at some of the things that I've sacrificed in the past, since there's not a whole lot new out, um, or at least not a whole lot new that interests me, to kind of go to revisit some of these and go, which ones am I actually sorry I sacrificed? Um, not many, but here and there. So you, but other than that, I mean, uh, you know, once again, I've I've got a couple of really, really high-end uh, 9mm pistols that I'm really not going to do better than. So it, it really does come to the concept of what's next. You've kind of reached the pinnacle as to what you've wanted or at least what would fit reasonably and even slightly unreasonably into your budget. Um, what's next? Well, for pistols, it's the Cheetah, for sure. Uh, that's, I, I really want one, especially since I've had my taste of that kind of Beretta platform. Um, I, I really love the way it works and I, I think that the smaller one, the Cheetah would be great for shotguns. I really don't know. I haven't seen anything like I took two guns with me to go shooting yesterday and I spent several hours out. I put uh, about 150 rounds through the Ruger. I really like the Ruger, but it feels like a Glock with a better trigger. And that's pretty good. I mean, it's not bad. I'm going to carry it. It's all cool. I want the cheetah um, because I want it. Like, there's no other reason. Like, I don't need it. I just want it. Uh, But the shotguns, I'm having horrible issues. I have a beautiful old Ithaca, which is really an SKB, um, automatic for a 20-gauge. I have a nice little uh, Mossberg 500 410 pump. Uh, So for those two two gauges uh, uh, or boring gauge, I am kind of fine. Um, for 12 gauge, I have two beautiful examples of 12 gauge excellence. One is the SX4 Upland uh, stainless version, which is the highest end SX4 you can buy. Um, and I have, if I really want to go stupid uh, with the gun I'm bringing out to wherever I'm at. Uh, I have the uh, Fabarm Grey Hunter, which is ridiculously expensive and Italian and sexy, and everybody goes, ooh, you know, and, and when they see it and everything, and it's got this, this awesome choke system in it that just turns clays into powder. Um, I, I mean, I have, like, I don't know what I get. I have not seen any... Uh, skeet or bird gun that 
on the coming up or or released or anything that makes me go man i really want that over what i'm currently shooting like i have no, and if i want to go old school i have my 870 wingmaster which has beautiful set of stocks on it and it cuts compensator and a cool choke interchangeable choke system and i and have the remington shotguns are starting to come back out again well i've seen them come back yeah um at least a little bit they for a year or two there they were just using their spare parts bin uh, to kind of assemble guns, and you saw a lot of express crossovers, and not so many wingmasters. And but we're we're starting to see them come back out, uh, largely in defense and express because they're of course cheaper to manufacture. You don't see a lot of. Oh, it, uh, it's also end. what's selling. Right. You you don't see a lot of high end eight seventies because nobody's buying a lot of high end eight seventies. They don't want that right now in a pump action. Right. Pump a- high end pump action shotguns are not what people are buying today. Clearly, I mean. Um, even Benelli's Nova and Supernova is 400 bucks. Like in a good wingmaster was more expensive than that. Um, and that's, that's a Benelli, right? I mean, uh, yes, it's a fully synthetic Benelli, but it's, it, that's a, that's a B, that's a, that's a B shotgun, right? Your Browning, your Beretta, your Benelli, right? Those are, those are 400 bucks. And if I shop hard, I could probably get one for 375. So, um, you're not seeing a lot of high-end pumps. Uh, you're not seeing a lot of high-end automatics that are different than what what you've already had. Like I, I have for to me what are the ultimate in what I do. I like a long-barreled automatic, um, wood-stocked shotgun for shooting sporting clays. That's what I prefer. Um. I, I don't see anything out coming out or or even uh, you know uh, uh, press releases for anything that is better than either one of those two. Uh, so I'm kind of like eh, I, I have what I'd like to shoot. Like I said, I, I have the uh, the 870, my old 870 Wingmaster that I've kind of redone entirely, kind of worked over, and I have my Ithaca 51, which is beloved, and I I won't get rid of it even though I should. Uh, so, I mean, I have anybody buy it from you at this point, huh? Would anybody even buy it from you at this point? I don't think if they knew the story behind it, no, (laughs) it's going to break. I mean, if anybody wanted to buy it, I would sell them to it for the right amount of money. Sure. Um, but I'd tell them and I'd preface it with, it's going to break. Okay. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next year. It's going to break. Okay. I can even show you how it's going to break. I don't know when. It could be a thousand rounds from now. It could be ten rounds from now. I don't know, but it's gonna break on you. Um, until then, it'll be a great gun to shoot, and and that'll normally scare. Like I've had people ask for it. Like like man, I really love that. I love shooting it. Would you sell it? I'm like, oh yeah, I'd sell it. Let me tell you about it. And then they go, uh, maybe not. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I'm like, look, your money, and I always tell people, your money is better spent on any number of these inexpensive automatics that are are a hundred times more reliable than this firearm. If you're in love with this, I understand. I will sell it to you, but understand these things are going to happen to you, and that normally stops the conversation. Um. Because it's pretty, and it feels good, and it's got a beautiful high comb, and you can just hold it, and it just feels right, and it shoots soft, and it just glides 
uh, back and forth in your hand, you know, as far as tracking things goes. Got this nice uh, high rib, and it's got this high visibility fiber optic sight, and it's just it's it's beautiful to behold, and it's wonderful to shoot with when it's working. Uh, so I'm like, nope, you you don't want this. Trust me, you don't want. I'll sell it to you if you really if you want to put down the money, I'll give it to you. But uh, you don't want this. Go buy one of so, these. So that's 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 shotguns. What about rifles? I mean, have you had a chance to take your uh, um, six point five out and shoot? Oh my god, not around. Not like since I rebuilt it, right? Um, not around. Not I have not put around through. Well, because it's hot. Like you're <laughs> you're to shoot that. Like it's not with shotguns, right? Where you're moving. It's not pistols where you're walking back and forth to the car and you're kind of you're shooting cans and you're moving around and stuff. With a rifle, you know that thing's built for distance, so it's kind of a slower pace. And you're sitting there, in a, at least previously, and even this weekend and some some days, you're sitting in a hundred degree heat at a table or lying on the ground with the bugs, um, trying to hit a target. You got sweat rolling in your eyes. You're you're like you're you should have put deodorant on your ass crack um like you got swamp ass going on it's not comfortable it's too hot your 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 hands are slipping off the gun because you're so sweaty and it sucks and like no that's not what i call fun i like to do rifling when it's cool outside it does not get cool until october in Texas. Okay, that, that that makes sense. But beyond the 6.5 that you have, is there anything out there that's making you go, huh, that could be fun? You know, no. <laughs> because I think that um, because I got the 6.5 to shoot long distances. Like, I want to learn to shoot 1,000 yards. And I know that the 6.5 uh, Creedmoor will do that. I just have never built a gun that will, right? I Like, I know the round goes that far, but I, I don't go that far, and I've never built a gun that goes that far. So I want to see if I can shoot that. And if I can, I would be interested in another 1,000-yard gun that perhaps is better built, right? Like, because I, I took the, the, the plan behind that. But you, you know they've got plenty of 50 BMG out there to be sold. Stop it. You just, you just bite your tongue, sir. I like my clavicle right where it is. Thank you. Um, no, no, just all the nope. Um, okay, I, 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 you may choose to to keep this in or cut this out, but I will have to say that I have truly, totally, and utterly enjoyed though the videos of um, attractive young women firing the 50 bmg and how it makes their ass jiggle you know i was going to say the exact same thing i've seen those videos and i've seen and well, i've sent you a bunch of them and they've always been they're always and they, they it's not like it's it's never the chick in like jeans or like baggy pants or anything like that it's always in the chick who's like yoga pants are glued to her like they know what they're doing when they set this up, right? She's in a halter top and in like sprayed on yoga pants. And it's always like a fitness model or an 18-year-old with like booty for days. And then when they fire this thing, it just jiggles so much that you're like, "Well, that shouldn't even be legal." <laughs> Holy crap. Definitely unfair. That's so unfair. So no, I mean, like I've seen it 
Not going to happen. <laughs> I've been on the receiving end of a, of a 50 BMG. Like, I fired one once and went, that's great. I'm never doing that again. Uh, and I was prone. I mean, like, it wasn't like I was trying to shoulder this thing or, or do it offhand or something like that. I, I mean, it was on a bipod. And I had padding and a shop towel and a, and a shooting vest and everything. And I still had a bruise. I mean, no, no. I, I don't know if I did it wrong or what, but it's some bitch hurt. No, but I like, I like the Creed more. It doesn't kick a whole bunch, at least not more than a 270. It'll do a thousand yards at target shooting, which is all I'm really interested in. I'm not really interested in hunting with it. And, and the way I've rigged it out, I've rigged it out as a target gun. Um, but I took the cheapest, reliable, uh, Creed more I could find, which was, happened to be a Savage Axis and stripped the gun out. Replace the stock, replace the scope, put a bipod on. I mean, I did the whole works. I sent you the picture. Yeah, we've we've actually got a uh, a 308 on the um, of that model on the wall at the store that I I'll admit I've looked at a couple of times and went eh, maybe. Yeah, I mean it's a neat gun. It, it's very reliable. It's they say it's it's just well maintained. It's just the stock is a huge problem, right? It's it's kind of wiggly and it doesn't. It doesn't hold still, and just the 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 it needs it needs something different. So uh, that's what I did. I have not put a round through it. I don't know if it worked. You know, I don't know if the build I have is is correct or or will will do. Uh, I don't even know if it'll do 300 yards. But the Creedmoor will go. And let me preface this: the Creedmoor will go a thousand yards. Um, it's it, it, but it loses supersonic at about 400. Yeah, if if you're target shooting, it's awesome. If right. you're actually trying to hit something living, uh, to rather than oh, oh, I'll say it. If you're trying to kill something, um, it, its effective range is not nearly that. No. Uh, now, to me, 400 yards is pretty good. I mean, that's that's a long. That's four football fields. I can't see it, that it, far. Oh hell, I ain't walking that far to chat. No. Uh, no. Yeah, but. Target shooting, it's great, right? It's reasonably flat. It'll do a thousand yards, and and it's pretty cool. And you can hear the tink and go, "Wow, I hit something a thousand yards from here." That's to me super cool. I love that. I love the idea of that. Um, if I was hunting with it, I probably wouldn't take a shot over two hundred yards because I'm never going to find it, right? Like that deer's going to get with a with a six point five creed more. That deer's going to get about twenty thirty yards, and I, I'm never going to see it again. <laughs> like I'm never going to find it in Texas brush country. It's not going to happen. Like there's going to be a boar somewhere that eats my freaking deer because I'm never going to find it. Hell, I had to look for the one I got fifty yards away. I, was like, I know, I know it was around here. It was like these bushes, you know, and it was ten feet from there. Well, that's why everybody in in Texas is hunting with a thirty thirty anyway. Oh yeah, or you know some thirty caliber round right because they're like didn't get 10 steps you know i mean it just drops them um but i have no like i have no aspirations to do that and again i'll say it again i don't have anything against hunting i just don't care for it it's a lot of work to do it properly and i'm i'm more into just shooting things you know shooting targets and seeing if i can do it uh which is what this rifle was built for i i can honestly say to your question to kind of bring that back around I could foresee if this works out well, and I did do this correctly, taking a $300 gun 
or a $280 gun, I think is what I paid for that. Pre-pandemic prices, or maybe it was just as the pandemic was hitting because nobody wanted Creed more. And I don't remember, but it was about 280 bucks. I still have the receipt for it. It was used. Turned it into a $700 gun with scope and stock and all that stuff. And all the things I kind of had, you know, put it put into it by that time was a $700 gun. Uh, if I could take that and learn to shoot, I don't know, 500 yards with it, I would consider building something else more substantial or better quality or whatever to do target shooting with. I would consider that if I could, if I could do that. Um, but until then, I, I don't think there's another rifle I want until I figure out if I've succeeded in this particular endeavor. What about you? What are you looking for? Um, well, uh, the, um, the TriStar that I ordered still hasn't shown up yet, but it takes a couple of weeks for those things to show up these days. Sure. I, I, I'm kind of coveting a P30 SK, the, uh, an H&K. Uh, it's the only H&K I've, ever, H&K I've ever had that I really honestly enjoyed the hell out of shooting. Um, now, your track record with H&Ks hasn't exactly been great. No, I mean, I've, tr- I've tried the VP9s, and once again, they're, they're wonderful firearms. I just wasn't excited about it. I tried the uh, the USP once again. Wonderful firearm. Wasn't excited by it. Um, the P30 I was excited by and I enjoyed shooting. With that said, I was at the time um, a little bit uh, put off by hammerfire firearms, and I have since gotten over that. I was gonna say, yeah, you've kind of changed the flip that. Uh, it, yeah, well, I mean. The, I don't think I would be as comfortable carrying a hammer fire firearm with the inconsistency of first pull versus follow up pull. Um, but for a target gun, shit, I'll just cock the sucker. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. That's what I do. That's what I do with a Beretta, which is basically I don't carry the Beretta for defense. I, I it's a target gun. I I go yeah. out and plink with it. So you just cock the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so yeah. So in the process of discovering that, I kind of went, oh, damn, I, I get, oh, shit, now I'm sorry I got rid of the sucker. <laughs> um, and but th- that's kind of the only thing I'm really honest to God looking for at the moment. It, it was an interesting conversation with my brother because I admitted to him that I sold the, the Rossi lever action. He's like, why would you sell that? The thing would seem like it was really that cool. And I had to explain to him, dude, once you shot a Henry, it the it's just not going to Boy, everything there. else I mean, is just kind of downhill yeah, after I mean, that, it, isn't it? I mean, why why keep something that I know I'm never going to take out because why would you shoot that instead of the Henry? Um and he 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 kind of looked at me and went, "Okay, I get it." Um so it, so that's really all I'm kind of looking for. I mean, I I've, I've got a Henry rifle. I don't really need another lever action rifle at this point. Um uh, I, I I'm as much as I'm looking forward to coming down and shooting shotguns with you uh, here, I'm I'm not a sh- I'm not really a shotgun guy. So there's there's nothing. Well, there's really no place that... to do it really with, with yeah, where it, you are exactly. Um, so I'm I'm kind of getting back into looking at handguns, but there's not really anything interesting to me coming out at the moment. The thing that um, the micro compact supposedly that Kimber released didn't blow my skirt up. The one that CZ released really didn't blow my skirt up. Uh, Not a micro compact. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so quite frankly, I'm. I'm. That's really all I'm looking for until something else comes across my vision and goes, "Ooh, that could be fun." And th- nobody's really designing anything new at the moment. 
Um, I did run into a situation and uh, a real quick story because uh, I'll give you a, a little bit of a warning if you were to uh, choose to purchase a firearm online. And it's something that the little bits of time that I've spent in the gun store recently, I've actually run into a couple of times. And even to some extent with the USP had happened to me, which is read the entire description of what it is that you're buying <laughs> and make sure that everything matches up, including the picture, the title, and then the description underneath. Because if you rely on one of those and don't get what you want and it says what they sent you somewhere else, they're not going to help you. And I don't care which uh, store that you've, you've ordered from. Um, I've run into it from several of the online stores just with uh, people who had what they weren't expecting show up. And when they called the, uh, the, the, the website that they bought it from, the website's response was, uh, well, dude, that's what it says in the description. That's what you got. You know, I, I don't care if it's what it was in the picture or not. That's what you got. Or even I, I know that's what the description, but, you know, it's purely pictured right there. This is what you got. Somewhere along the line, they're going to. You're going to lose that one. The other part about it is if you order something online, take a picture, a screenshot of the ad, of, of the item that you bought so that you can have at the time what it is that you bought. Because I have seen people swear to it, and I'm 99.9% .9 sure it happened to me when I bought the USP, that the descriptions will change after you buy them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... Because because I, I would swear to this day that the USP that I bought was not listed as an LEO trade-in. Well, it was. <laughs> and, even, and even if you say, oh, it said over here in the fine print LEO trade-in, it had in big, bold letters right before uh, everything else the word new. Now, yeah. obviously, they response is means newly acquired. But uh, there, there's some deceptive uh, advertising going on out there. So... If you're ordering a firearm online, take the time to do your, your due diligence and make sure that you're actually ordering what it is that you want and then take a picture as proof. Well, I'll give you two. Uh, I'll agree with you on two fronts. Uh, one is that's kind of why I don't buy guns online, because uh, unless I have my hands on them, I'm, you're really never sure exactly what you're getting. And you don't know exactly the condition or it may be the one it may be the same model and description is the one picture, but it's not the one picture. It's well, much I, worse. I don't something. think I'd hesitate too much if I if I confirmed what everything was saying there to order something that was supposedly brand spanking new online. I don't think I'd order something used unless it was like, for example, I don't I think I'd order like an, an LEO traded version of your of your cheetah. But. Other than that, you know, unless I'm ordering something that is pretty much assumed is going to be um, a vintage, for lack of a better term, right? Uh, yeah, no. If it's if it's if it's coming brand new in the box, then if if anything's wrong, I'm probably dealing with the manufacturer, not the website I ordered it from. But just once again, make sure be. For all intents and purposes, the, the gentleman that I ran into this past week, uh, what he had ordered and what he thought he had ordered was basically John Wick's H&K uh, P30 long slide. Now, that's not what he got. It was the <laughs> one with the, um, 
it had the the wrong trigger in it because there's several versions of the H and K trigger. It had the wrong hammer on it. There's several versions of that. It had the wrong safety and the wrong slide release. But even then, he because he called and had it on speaker. The moment I heard the guy on the other end read the description for what he bought. I, I, I knew that they was about to get the you're out of luck because, quite frankly, what the guy described is exactly what's there in the box. I mean, in some cases, uh, I mean, especially with a used firearm, you, like with the Cheetah, for instance, I, I don't have any choice. They don't make them new. I mean, they stopped making them in 2017. So whatever you're going to get is used, right? It's just how used is it and what condition is it in. Um, that's kind of why I wouldn't buy one online, or at least I'm kind of leery of it, because they can show you a picture of a pristine one, and what you get is the beat to hell, <laughs> you know, the beater, uh, which doesn't upset me as much as it would other people, really, because I know how to restore them, but mm, maybe not so much. Yeah, um, there's a reason why some holster wear rhymes with buyer beware. Right. <laughs> um because you can just go ahead and replace that, or, you know, re- replace that for trashed. Um, the other thing is, uh, the second point I was going to make right before we go here, uh, I know I keep saying that, uh, but uh, is once you've shot a Henry in whatever it is, you really don't want anything else. Like once you've had one. I mean, I, the minute the Henry showed, the Henry, Henry lever action showed up, I, I held my Marlin in my hand, which was perfectly fine before the Henry showed up. And then I'm looking at it going, this isn't the same. <laughs> like, one of these is not like the other. <laughs> you know, Henry was just so much better. And you're like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> you know, And, the, I mean, the Marlin lasted a week before it was gone. Uh, so, yeah, it's, sometimes you get that quality and you're just like, oh, I don't want this anymore. So it does not surprise me that Rossi did not make the cut after the Henry. Uh, but, uh, well, I hope you get uh, what's what's on order and what's on its way to you, sir. I hope it is exactly as it was described and, and what you hoped it would be. Well, it, that's on order from the distributor to the gun shop. So even if I bought it directly from in the store in the gun shop, it was still coming from the same place. <laughs> so it should be fine. Yeah. Right on. One would hope. Right on. Uh, and uh, to Erasmus, thank you for the question, sir. And hopefully we answered it within uh, uh, tolerable parameters. If not, let us know. Uh, you got anything else, sir? I do not. Right on. We will see you next week. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And uh, we will see you next time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawkseyeguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.